welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, let's start the following session. Welcome to this session on traditions six and seven, uh, self-supporting. My name is Marco, and I'm a recovering sexaholic, and I will be facilitating this session. I am joined by Jerry, um, and that's it. There's no third speaker at the moment. Each panelist will share the recovery on this topic, and then we will take time to answer questions. Questions will be taken from the Ask It basket, which is here. Uh, so if you wish to participate, uh, write your question on the three to five card and place it in the basket on the table. Um, so maybe we can give it... It's a pencil, I can... Oh, but then in the spirit of the fifth traditions to carry the message, this is a recorded session. The recording equipment will not be turned off during the session. Please do not tamper with the recording equipment. Um, let's start with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. Um, so yeah, so this topic is in traditions six and seven, uh, and we thought uh, as a starter actually to read the traditions six and seven, that makes sense, does it? Uh, and in particular the long form. So, um, so maybe we can, do you want to, to read them, Jerry? I read six and you read seven. Okay. Tradition six. Problems of money, property, and authority may easily divert us from our primary spiritual aim. We think, therefore, that any considerable property of genuine use DA should be separately incorporated and managed, thus dividing the material from the spiritual. An AA group as such should never go into business. Secondary aids to A's such as clubs or hospitals, which require much property or administration, ought to be incorporated and so set apart that, if necessary, they can be freely discarded by the groups. Hence, such facilities ought not to use the AA name. Their management should be the sole responsibility of those who financially support them. For clubs, AA managers are usually preferred, but hospitals as well as other places of recuperation ought to be well outside AA and medically supervised. While an AA group may cooperate with anyone, such cooperation ought ever to go as far as affiliation or endorsement actual or implied. An AA group can bind itself to no one. My name is Marco, recovering sexaholic. Tradition 7. The SA groups themselves ought to be fully supported by the voluntary contributions of their own members. We think that each group should soon achieve this ideal, that any public solicitation of funds using the name of Sexaholics Anonymous is highly dangerous, whether by groups, clubs, hospitals, or outside agencies, that acceptance of large gifts from any source or of contributions carrying any obligation whatever is unwise. Then, too, we view with much concern those SA treasuries which continue beyond prudent reserves to accumulate funds for no stated SA purpose. Experience has often warned us that nothing can so surely destroy our spiritual heritage as futile dis- disputes uh, over property, money, and authority. Okay, so Jerry will speak first. Yeah, I'm Jerry. I'm from Chicago. I'm in sober since May 26 of 2010. And uh, I want to speak to step uh, Tradition 7 in regard to my own experience and how I think that tradition makes sense. Um, I, I came from a family, and the White Book talks that 
some of us came from dysfunctional family systems, and there was uh, emotional, physical, and sexual abuse in my family of origin. And when I was doing my character defects, one of the things I noticed was that I tend to play the victim a lot. And most of my life, I wanted other people to bail me out of my addictions financially. And my mother did that over and over again. And uh, there's also a large amount of inheritance. And I thought when, you know, the inheritance comes, then I can pay off everything I owe. And as it turned out, my mother was ill for several years. And luckily in sobriety, I could be with her three months while she was dying. But it was really a blessing because self-supporting is a new idea. To me, I always look for things outside myself to take care of me. You know, I never took the action to take care of myself. Uh, so for me as an individual, to be self-supporting is really important because I always ask people to bail me out of all my scrapes and my addiction. And uh, I mismanaged money. I spent a lot of money on uh, prostitutes or gave it away. Um so that, that key of being self-supporting, I think, is really crucial to me as an individual. And since my character defect is playing the victim, you know, I can just be helpless and look for something outside of myself to take care of my, myself. But if I don't take action, it's not going to work. It's true with the program. You know, faith without works is dead. I have to take those action steps. And... Uh, my financial situation, since I've come to this program, I have a lot of years in other 12-step groups. Uh, my life's really improved financially, basically, because I'm taking the action steps and envisioning what I can do to take care of myself rather than have someone else take care of myself. And I think there's also a kind of codependency uh attaching myself to someone that's going to help me out with something rather than learning to do it on my own. And there's also a saying um, that addicts have been the biggest uh, takers, and as they get sober, they learn to become greater givers. And Bill Wilson talks uh, in regard to the tradition how he gave $5 to a drunk to help him sober up, but when they passed the plate in the clubhouse, he put in 50 cents, that looked too much, so he took it out and put a dime in. That Sometimes we're stingy with our, our giving. We think we're entitled, but giving back uh, can be difficult for us. And I know SA is growing, and they're struggling financially, and they really need a little, I think it's got the rule from one to two. I think that's it, that really need $2 to contribute. Um, in terms of codependency, like aligning ourselves with other people, it's like if we align ourselves in self, with self-interest groups who give us money, then they're beholden to them rather than uh, to God and ourselves. And both traditions talk about the primary purpose of the program is spiritual. It's not financial. That that has to take uh, the pri- priority. And as addicts, we tend to be grandiose people, you know, quick rich schemes or the big ideas. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming or vision, but... I never took the steps to make those dreams uh, come true. Uh, So I think the tradition discourages uh, codependency. It discourages looking to other people to bail us out. It discourages ego, and it keeps the focus on our primary purpose is to stay, stay sober. And also there can be disputes about money or leadership. And uh, so the idea of trusted servant rather than someone taking control of the group, but continuing surrendering, surrendering to our uh, higher power and with him taking care of ourselves rather than being dependent on other people to take care of ourselves. So that's, that's all I have to say. Okay, thank you, Jerry. Um, no, then, then I will speak. My name is Marco. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Hi, Marco. Uh, so I did it 16 May 2010. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise for me to, to talk about traditions, uh, uh, traditions six and seven. I thought, oh, what am I going to say about this? But actually, it was an excellent opportunity to, uh, to read a bit uh, about the tra- traditions. And then, of course, uh, my higher power always, uh, 
helps. And uh, so, so he provided a problem in our group in the Netherlands, uh, directly related to Tradition 6. So uh, I'm very grateful for that, uh, actually. So I, I will share about that uh, a bit later. Um, but, but just like Jerry, I, I would like to start with, uh, with uh, a bit of um, uh, uh, a personal uh, experience because, um, yeah, the, the traditions uh, for, the, for the groups are, is, is I, I see the traditions also a bit as a recovery program for, for groups. Uh, and uh, just just like individuals uh, need uh, need recovery or sexologists need recovery, so one experience that I had in in the disease and that really is is one of the the, the things that brought me to SA was a disastrous uh, relationship that I was into in uh, for uh, for ten years, and and and. Yeah, we were, uh, I mean, we went all beyond all limits in terms of of uh, physical uh, and, and emotional and, and parasexual uh, violence uh, towards each other. Uh, and, and But one of the things that, that kept us together was um, that we were, yeah, um, totally dependent on each other. And the reason was that... Um, my, uh, I mean, we, we started dating when I was at university, and I was basically a couple of years older than uh, uh, than my my girlfriend, so I was a bit further. But we did the same study. Uh, so what happened? And she was a bit struggling in the study, and I was really in an uh, an uh, a great uh, student. Um, so yeah, so at some point she, well, not at some point, basically directly, I started helping her. <laughs> With her uh, exercises, and um, yeah, which at that point seemed like being a loving boyfriend, uh, the, the the right thing to do. But um, this help um, just just turned into an, an enormous dependency, and um, basically, uh, <laughs> I, I I helped her so much during study. That's not helping. I mean, I was basically writing her thesis for her <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and uh, even the smallest things, uh, and, and a simple email she was going to me, Marco, could you check it? Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and, and that made it for her also more difficult uh, to, to, to break it up. And in the end, we broke up basically two months in recovery. Uh, and, and perhaps I, in two months I was, <laughs> I'm so grateful, I had two months of yeah, sobriety directly and, uh, and a sponsor and, and fellows that helped me. Uh, and so my girlfriend came back from, uh, from spending a holiday on my credit card. And, uh, and, and her first uh, email was, Marco, I have this uh, letter that I want to submit. Could you, could you please check it for me and correct it for me? Uh, and I mean, it was just... Uh, Standard letters. She could do it on her own. There was no reason for me to check. And, and then I, I wrote an email back. And after discuss, I, I talked to this with my sponsor. And uh, after some guidance, I wrote an email back, uh, writing, uh, I'm, "I'm, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to help you anymore because this, this is not. Uh, um, we, um, I, I love you, but." Uh, uh, we have to get out of this, and um, and you can do. I, I, and well, this was also trust. That was a good thing. I, I trusted. Her. I, I think I wrote an email. You you will be you will do fine at, in in your study. Uh, and and but yeah, I, sorry, I have to stop helping you uh, with this. And um, uh, yeah, and the following thing that I received was basically the key of my room <laughs> and a book on addiction also, and that was the end of the relationship. Uh, uh, yeah, but um, I, I refer to this story because um, to me, tradition six and sev seven is, I mean, this was, a, I, I, well, I'm not sure what codependency is, but I, I suppose this was codependency. Uh, and, and I think tra tradition six and seven is all about uh, codependency and, and, and uh, being, instead of uh, being totally over-dependent uh, on each other, um, um, learning to set boundaries, to say no, uh, also to make sure that others don't get dependent on you and that you don't get dependent on, on others, um, but still recognizing that, I mean, uh, we do depend on each other, right? Everything depends on everything. 
Um, so the trick is somehow to live independently, individually, and also as groups and as society, as, as a fraternity, as, as a fellowship, um, but still um, uh, acknowledge this dependence and uh, and 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 cooperate uh, in a healthy way. Right? I mean, when it's talk about uh, tradition six, it says very often cooperation but not affiliation and actually this is the title of a brochure which I'm going to read from as well uh, so so yeah um, and, and, and that's that's what what I think we do in tradition six and seven uh, learning to set limits as as a fellowship as a group learning to say no uh, and uh, learning to cooperate also so not cut all boundaries and try to do everything on our own because then that means isolation and isolation is death for us and also death for groups. We cannot do it on our own. Um, so yeah, so this is a bit as an introduction. Um, now, so when does this tradition now comes up? And there were three things that I wrote down where it comes up and, and I would like to talk about all three of them. Um, the first one is when, at least in my experience, I'm, um, when looking for for a meeting place. Uh, what um, another thing is on on supporting the whole fellowship. That means the international office, the intergroups, etc., uh, and setting uh, donating uh, money for that, having extra seven traditions, etc. And the the last thing is uh, on the relationship with uh, with Essanon. Because not only our the individual sexholics have to learn to live with their SNN, also SA as a whole has to live with uh, the SNN fellowship. And uh, I, I have some experience there as well. Um, so yeah, so... Okay, so let me start with the relationship with Essendon because it was a bit funny. We uh, we just had an experience uh, with that, which I think really illustrates uh, tradition six. And because um, um, so in the Netherlands, uh, our in, we have an intergroup, SA intergroup now since four years, and I think uh, Essendon they they started their intergroup with uh, about one or two years ago. And we have a really good uh, relationship. We, we, we do cooperate uh, with each other, and, and we strongly believe that we need each other uh, also. Um, <laughs> but uh, just, well, two weeks ago, we had a committee of our internet, uh, uh, a meeting of our internet committee, and it was this uh, point of uh, basically, uh, I think, an offer to SNN. Uh, SNN... Yeah, Essendon basically, we, uh, someone heard that Essendon is, is having trouble also with, with making their own website. And uh, basically, one fellow offered Essendon uh, to, uh, to uh, space on our website for, for Essendon. And um, so we discussed this in the meeting. Uh, and then, then, then we came up with... Wait, this is well in accordance with Tradition 6. Aren't we independent uh, organizations? And, um, yeah, and, um, well, the thing is with all these traditions, eh, if there's problems, then what, what happens is you dis discuss and you have a group conscience. I don't think there are every time fixed rules, but um, this is what we came up uh, with. Like, and one question is, um, well, isn't it better that SNL has their own website? And yes, but um, they're working on it, but um, it takes time, um, so it won't get there pretty quickly. Um, and and uh, yeah, the second issue was uh, what about the sixth tradition? Uh, and um, there he said, okay, I mean it's okay to to cooperate to help, um, but. Uh, well, at least with a disclaimer. And actually, we wanted to see what the texts were. So, so we thought, I think the motion that we, in the end, agreed on was um, that we would offer a space to Essendon on our website, um, provided that it doesn't uh, uh, contradict our traditions and... Uh, um, uh, no, no, 
don't know the, the last oh, yeah, provided that Essanon in the delivers text. Now what happens a couple of days after then the, the webmaster of our intergroup uh, shows us the new website <laughs> and uh, basically all the Essanon texts are, are there. I think five pages <laughs> of Essanon text. And um, yeah, and, and there was a disclaimer on it. I, I have to admit, there was a disclaimer on it on the, the bottom of the page. Um, and and I was looking at it, I said, and I thought, it is really much. It was basically the whole Essendon website was on our, <laughs> on our website. So I, I, I emailed back from, I'm not feeling comfortable with this. And also with the disclaimer, I mean, there was a disclaimer on it. Uh, that Essendon is an independent fellowship, uh, an essay. But you know, in my acting out days, uh, when I was watching uh, pornography, uh, there were also disclaimers at the bottom of the page. All the people here in this website are 18 years or older. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not such a fan of disclaimers. I mean, you can put disclaimers, but in the end, it's the action, right? And the content that is on the website. And this was just too much. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so we talked a bit further over email. I think now the, the group consciousness is, yeah, this is too much. Uh, and um, it's also a bit funny because there was this and so, so we will reduce the text. But I think we, we decided, okay, we can offer one page of text with a disclaimer, and that's it. Uh, yeah. But it was also funny because one of the arguments was first, like, Essendon is, is not ready for a website. And then later was Essendon actually is about to, to make their own website, so it doesn't harm to put it on lately. I mean, what Essendon, in the end, I thought, these are not arguments. What Essendon does is their business. If they want to do their website now or later, that's their their site. Uh, we have to look at our traditions here, and um, too much text is not okay. Um, so that's my experience on tradition six with the relationship with S and non. Um, how much time do I have? <laughs> Maybe I've already spent it because I have two more items. Three items, three minutes. No, let's see. Is it okay if I? Talk a bit more, maybe. Um, so the, the second thing uh, where the tradition six and seven pops up is, is in looking for a meeting place, and at least in, in my experience. And um, I have this both in the Netherlands and uh, in, in Mexico. Oh, no, not in Mexico. Well, let me first start in the Netherlands. We have five meetings, and um, they are either in a clinic or in a church. And um, one of the meetings, basically, well, the, pro the problem, well, it's, I mean, we are, we are very grateful, but most of the clinics and the churches, they refuse to, uh, to accept uh, rent from us uh, and fees. Uh, and, the, the, yeah, I mean, we even noted this before, and then someone started asking in the intergroup meetings, like, isn't this against the seventh traditions? Shouldn't we be self-supporting? And um, uh, yeah, mm, well, um, yeah. So, so they decided to start to read a bit, and uh, what, what? Uh, and so, so I've this, found this brochure: how AA members cooperate with professionals, cooperation, but not affiliation. But I thought to read for, for it because when I read it, I thought. Hmm, Maybe I should mention this in a business meeting at groups. Um, so the first question here, so this is a question and answer. Do AA groups accept help from outside sources in the form of free literature, rent, printing, or other financial aid from a non-member, from a government commission on alcoholism, or from any other enterprise outside AA? Um, now let me go to the meeting place. When a meeting place is offered at no charge, it is customary for an AA group to make at least a small regular donation as token rent. Learning to be responsible for paying our own way is part of our own recovery. And then another question. Uh, can AA groups meet re regularly in hospitals, rehab centers, rest farms, halfway houses, detox units, or inpatient or outpatient alcoholism clinics without implying affiliation? The answer. The position of AA groups in treatment facilities was clarified by this recommendation from the 1978 AA General Service Conference. 
AA members who meet with administration of a treatment facility concerning the formation of an AA group on its premises should explain group autonomy as well as what AA can and cannot do traditions and also have a good understanding of the facility's rules and regulations. After mutual agreements has, are reached, it is important that this information be shared with the AAs who will be attending the group's meetings. It was suggested that group's meetings in treatment facilities try to abide by the self-support tradition. If money for rent is not accepted by a facility, groups should contribute in some other way. It was also felt that AAs employed by the facility should not run the groups at the facility. Uh, so, so yeah. So the, actually, that was very helpful text, and uh, I, I, I think we don't do this actually in in our our groups. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, actually, there's one group where we, uh, that I think two groups where we do pay rent, but I mean, it's so little. It's, it's basically more or less free. Um, it's ten euros per per month, to so about three dollars every meeting. That's that's I consider free. So I I, I do feel actually that here also. We we yeah, we should do more back, and that's that's our obligation, and and also in my view our gratitude to the meeting place and and, and our uh, obligation, uh, um, yeah, to to be self-supporting. Um, I come to the last point, if it's okay. So that is on supporting the the central office intergroups, etc., uh, and and that is also. Again, about um, gratitude and and also realizing uh, that we are not doing it on it on on our own. That uh, uh, there's a dependence, there's a well, a healthy dependence there, and that people are helping us, and that we can ask for help. Uh, and, and these uh, uh, these others. They, uh, and there is some money involved, and someone is supported, and that's that's that that's us. There's a fellowship, and we're part of the fellowship, including the intergroup, the region, and the central office. And uh, in the beginning of our group, um, this is something that we didn't think about. I mean, we were just doing our thing and trying to stay sober and alive. Um, but but later in the in in, in the experience of, of our our groups, I think about four years ago, uh, and when we started to form an intergroup and 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 started to do service there and started to get contacts with uh, other fellows in the world and 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 with regions, uh, and uh, and and also get more contact with with uh, and people were going to international conventions and uh, uh, we went to at some point to the to the central office and see what they were doing, we realized that, hey, they are doing so much for us and uh, we really owe a lot of gratitude. Uh, and really, well, we really owe a lot to them. And, uh, and, and so it's just the most natural thing to, to, to pay, to give a bit of donation for that. And um, so, yeah, so that, that, that was the moment where we decided to, uh, to have extra seventh traditions, basically. So uh, at this point, I think in most of the groups in the Netherlands, uh, there is an extra seventh tradition every every first meeting of the month, either for the region or for the for the for the central office. Uh, and well, what we already were doing is that everything above a prudent reserve would go to the intergroup, and uh, that, that that's how we arrange it now. And um, yeah, and, and I think that's. That's the right thing to do, and so um, yeah. And I guess I suppose it, it says something, right? If for for a group, if it doesn't contribute to the central office, it, it it's basically I think it's a sign of of, of lack of recovery, I suppose, of uh, of the group. Um, so yeah. So I'll leave it with that. Thank you. Okay, are there then there's no time for questions and answers. Does anyone have any questions in putting in the basket? Where's the basket?
I think we, we keep it over. The only thing is with discussion is that I would have to repeat the question, basically. But so there, are, are there any questions in it? Or? Oh, sorry. Uh, two, there are two questions. Jerry, you want to read them and maybe answer them? How do you help groups send money for SA Central support versus just collecting money selfishly for only local group expenses contact context? Uh, and our, uh, maybe I won't mention the city, but uh, group rent is 240 monthly for three meetings a week. Um, well, I think that's decided by group conscious at business meetings, what to allow a lot, you know, how, how to divide the pie up and, it talks about having a prudent reserve, you know, um, that it's about, you know, say, um, you know, we only get to keep this if we give it away. And I think uh, prudent reserve is giving the excess for love and service. And but I think that comes about through a group conscious, through a business meeting saying, let's. Um, you know, give 30 in in Chicago. uh we allot 30% of the surplus to uh, in a group, 30% to the national office, and I think uh, 10% to corrections uh, facility. But that's decided by group conscience. The other thing in Chicago group, the, the appeal has been for $2 instead of $1 because uh, the national headquarters and, and intergroups is hurting for funds because we're expanding and growing and, uh, you know, the need to pay for literature and like that. But uh, so I think that's a group con what a group conscience at a business meeting needs to decide, you know. And I, I think it's been suggested, I don't know if that's from our regional office or the national office, but that the contribution be $2 instead of $1 because of changing times and expenses. Uh, do you have a camera? You want to have a comment on that? So my name is Mark. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Um, yeah, surely in, in, in business meetings uh, you you can you can mention it. And um, I mean, I, I was thinking it is basically this. Uh, I mean, information is is important, but you cannot force groups just as you cannot force sexaholics to uh, work the steps. And um, so, so yes. Yeah, so just if if I look in the experience in the Netherlands, and, um, things went a bit by itself. We we started to see actually that we are part of a whole. I think, uh, and and then the gratitude and 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 the donations they they they, they come by itself. Uh, and um, but yeah, I mean, at some point it it. it it is important that someone just, uh, well, at least reminds people, hey, uh, your intergroup is doing so much for you, and and uh, these these things do cost a bit of of money. Uh, so uh, um, maybe you may consider to to to, uh, to to have an item in in the business meeting and 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 about uh, contributing to the intergroup and and to the region and and central office. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and uh, I mean, everyone who's who's a bit of recovery is is very open to that. So, uh, yeah, and of course, of course, people want to contribute, but uh, as usual, we tend to forget things. <laughs> so, this this is kind of an option, uh, but what we've decided is before. Um, our retreat in October or the interna or international conventions we collect, take an extra envelope to collect for scholarships to help those who are financially not capable of going. So that's a good way to do uh, service. I'm here uh, because of a scholarship, and um, so I'm grateful for that. There's another question. Hmm. 
how to challenge the attitude that we don't want to keep people without money from feeling less by suggesting or inviting people to give two, five, or ten at a meeting so that we can give the same amount to worldwide service as the local expenses. Um, well, I think it can always be a suggestion and not a mandate. <laughs> you know, we always tell newcomers, for, if this is your first meeting, don't, you know, refrain from contributing. So I don't, uh, I think it's always a suggestion, you know, I don't think it's a mandate. I think suggestion's good. And um, there's other ways of service, too. If one can contribute things, set up coffee, they can do service work. Um, but that's a good question. Um, I think on the opposite end is... Um, giving too much against the prudent reserve and tr problems of money and issue like Bill W. talked about. Someone wanted to give them $10,000 and they were so excited and how they could spread the word and then they decided not to take it because they'd be beholden or might uh, about that person who would tell them what to do and I think there's a limit in terms of wills, what they can give to the group There's a, um, as far as AA is concerned. You want to comment? No. Why don't you comment on that one? You, you go ahead. Okay. Um, the follow-up question. My name is Marco, recovering sexolic. Following question. I receive a pension. Um, not sure what the next word is. That mean I am not self-supporting. Does that mean that I'm not self-supporting? I receive a pension. Does it mean that it's uh, that I'm not self-supporting? Uh, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm not sh sure if I... Um, I'll respond to that. Okay. Uh, I'm on a pension, <laughs> but I found out that my pension and Social Security aren't enough to uh, take care of my basic needs, so I have to create other work. But if my pension took care of my needs and I didn't need to work, that would be okay. I wouldn't feel less than if that were the case. But uh, I have to generate other forms of uh, of income. But I think a pension is self-supporting. You work to earn that. You know, our Social Security work to earn that. So it's not a matter of having a lot of money. Like people say, Jerry, why do you always have to work? You know, why do you always create these jobs? So because I need the income. <laughs> I have a small pension and, you know, Social Security, and that's it. So, um. uh, Maybe I'll let respond as well. I'm Marco Saxolic. Um, yeah, I'm not completely sure if, I, uh, if, if we can say too much, because maybe it's also a bit about polit politics. And um, I suppose everyone should, should make up them, their own mind on, on, on this question. But... Um, um, I, I just want to remind that uh, uh, self-supporting doesn't mean that we are um, that we're totally isolated and independent, and uh, we are dependent on uh, on others, and we do cooperate also with other people in society, and, and uh, so so yeah. And, and um, I mean, I started my my, my share with uh, basically with the codependency, I think, which is a main main item here, and um, and so. If, if you ask, are we self-supporting? I think the question that you also need to ask is, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe how, how is it? Maybe I'm too overconfortable. Make, do I make it? Indeed, do I create a dependence on uh, by by, you, by using this this pension uh, or or whatever, and uh, or or could I do something to contribute? To society, and in the end, it's also about giving instead of taking. Uh, so, so yeah. So there's no definite answer on these these questions, but surely things to meditate. I want to respond to this again. There was I was at a meeting, um, another twelve-step meeting, but I think the story relates. And some guy was saying that he was living on the street. People didn't know how difficult that was going to the shelter every night. <laughs> <laughs> One guy said, you know, I lived on the street, you know, for months, and yet I worked the steps, and people helped, and I got sober. So, again, that self-supporting. But I do think also if 
people stay sober and they need work, they can always ask and people help. I know, I'm sure I should probably know the program. People had me, you know, offered me to rake the, t- help with the tasks they didn't want to do and pay me like rake leaves and stuff like that. So they helped me to uh, generate income. Let me go to the next question. Uh, many meetings take place in churches and hospitals. At what point and, and do such meetings in, uh, in breach of tra- tradition sex um, lending a say name to a related facility? Um, yeah, so I, I just read a bit of text uh, on this, uh, but, but also there, and actually the brochure also says um, um, that uh, there's no fixed way, basically, and, and, and each group has to... I, I think this is how the traditions also work. It's not a set of fixed rules, usually, and, and uh, it's, it's something also to, to meditate on, but also to learn from the experience of, of the wider fellowship, and there's a lot of uh, ex- experience there. Um, so, yeah, on, on this point, well, I don't have personal experience but um, and I mean in, in our case uh, uh, this basically independence we, we do rent we, 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 we do meet at, at clinics um, but but that's it and uh, there's no interference at all so th- I, I think that, that that should be fine um, so yeah I, I could read again perhaps uh, this this part. Uh, of, of the AA General Service Conference. AA members who meet with the administration of a treatment facility concerning the formation of an AA group on the premises should explain group autonomy as well as what AA can and cannot do, traditions, and also have a good understanding of facilities' rules and regulations. Because there are rules and regulations of the facility, and the people should abide to that. After mutual agreements are reached, it is important that this information be shared with the AAs who will be attending the group's meetings. It was suggested that group's meeting treatment facilities try to abide by the self-support tradition. If money for rent is not accepted by a facility, the group should contribute in some other way. It was also felt that AAs employed by a facility should not run the groups at the facility. So I think that this is an issue that uh, someone from the clinic is better that he or she is not a secretary of the group or leader of the group. And, and yeah, because that would easily create an, at least the appearance of an affiliation uh, and, and, and create confusion uh, for, for, for uh, fellows, participants in, in the meetings. Um. Did you have a question? Someone else have a question? Did you have a question? No. Um. I thought your white tag was a, a slip of paper. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think if, unless the the facility was paying you to meet there or you didn't pay anything for rent, then that would be uh, against tradition, making a donation. Uh, but if they're not, uh, I don't see a conflict of interest meeting at different places as long as, I think it's important to be clear what you're about when you communicate with the, the group, like, um, that's a different issue, but making clear of what your purpose is and why you want to be there and availability of space on a regular basis, that kind of thing um, is important. If there are no other questions, maybe that arise suddenly. Okay, then I think it's time to close the meeting. In closing? Closing. Uh, anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of SA are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. And what, let's, let's close with the third step prayer.
And then we'll end it with four. Four at the end. There you go. Or put one in the one Maybe in the middle. Maybe throw some in the middle. See how it's going. Let's do this. We just don't. Honestly, you look. We got a lot of people getting them on stage, and you're talking about fifty minutes to an hour right here. I agree. Yeah. Two songs up front, just to get the. Let's do two songs up front, and then at dinner, when we go to dinner, we'll, we'll. Put these people where we want. How about that? Okay. And I'm not afraid to scratch some folks. Call dude. me the breeze. I'll cut a man right off his knees if I have to. You <laughs> Kelly, give him the job. I think it's too late. Uh, I know you should have made the calls earlier. Look at me. Are... <laughs> Look at me, Kelly, right here. Yeah, Marty, I got it. How many fingers do I got up? <laughs> I will cut. <laughs> 
I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.